0: so today then we move on to the third nullifier of al-Islam and that is man lam al mushrikina aw shakka fi kufrihim kafar that the person who does not declare the mushrikeen to be kufar or doubts in their kufr then he is a kafir al-thalith man lam al mushrikina aw shakka fi kufrihim a person who does not declare the mushrikeen to be kuffar or doubts in them being kuffar or legitimizes or validates their uh, madhab their way, then that person has committed kuffar. Why would that be a nullifier of Islam? Because you are therefore denying what Allah and the Messenger have told us. We have been told very clearly regarding the mushrikeen and their activities and their beliefs. So the one who does not declare them to be mushrikeen and kuffar, even after we've been told of them and their way in the Quran and the Sunnah and their way of shirk etc then it's as though you're rejecting what is in the Quran and what is in the Sunnah regarding the mushrikeen and their kufar so here three points have been made under this nullifier of Islam point one whomsoever does not declare the mushrikeen to be kufar Point two, whomsoever doubts the kufr of the mushrikeen. Doubts that they are upon kufr. And point number three, Whomsoever considers their way to be okay and to be legitimate. وَعَانَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عليه وسلم قال, there is a hadith from Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ لَا يَسْمَعُ بي أَحَدٌ مِن هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ يَهُوْدِيٌّ وَلَا نَصْرَانِيٌّ ثُمَّ يَمُوتُ وَلَمْ يؤمن بِالَّذِي أُرْسِلْتُ بِهِ إِلَّا كَانَ مِنْ In this hadith, which is in Muslim, hadith of Abu Hurairah, عنه, that the Prophet ﷺ said, by the one whom the soul of Muhammad is in his hand, by Allah, Nobody hears about me from this ummah, a Jew nor a Christian, whomsoever that may be, whomsoever that may be, no one who hears about me, whether Jew or Christian, and then dies without believing in what I have been sent with, then that person will be from the people of the fire. So anybody who hears about this message of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa recognizes it, hears it, whether that person is a Jew or a Christian or whatsoever, if he hears of it and does not believe in it, then that person is from the people of the fire forever therein. فَمَنْ لَمْ يُكَفِّرِ الْكَافِرِ كَذَّبَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَرَسُولَهُ Therefore, whomsoever does not declare the kuffar to be kuffar, then you're rejecting these types of narrations. The Prophet said, Whomsoever does not believe in me, in what I have been sent with, this final revelation, then those people are from the people of the fire. They are kuffar. So if you now say well no and this and that and maybe they can be in paradise and these things then that is not correct and you are rejecting and denying the clear texts that are telling us that those people who do not believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the final revelation that they are kuffar and they will be in the hellfire forever. Woman فِي كُفْرِ الْيَهُودِ أَوْ فِي كُفْرِ النصارى او في كفر المشركين فقد شك في صدق كلام الله وكلام الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم ومن شك في صدق كلام الله وكلام الرسول فقد كفر the point was about having doubt about them being kufar anybody who has doubt of the kuffer of the jews or the christians or other than them the kufar of the mushrikeen, then that individual is doubting the truthfulness of the statements or the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? Because Allah has told us in the Qur'an that those people are kufar. So anybody who does not believe in that or doubts that and says maybe they can go to paradise etc., and that individual, he is not accepting and understanding the statements of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does this mean that we can identify Kuffar by name and say that this person X, Y, and Z is a person of the hellfire. (coughs) We do not identify people specifically and rule upon them that they are people of the hellfire. However, what we can say is that generally the people of Shirk, they are Mushrikun and they will be in the hellfire the Jews, the Christians, the people of Shirk, all of those who do not accept the message of Tawhid, then it is the Aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah, that they will be in the Hellfire. So we can say that the Jews have committed Kufr, and uh, that they are outside of the fold of Islam, and that they will be in the Hellfire forever, and the Christians similarly, and the Mushrikun, Overall, similarly, that they have committed an act of kufr and an act of shirk with their beliefs, and therefore, those people as a whole are going to be in the fire. If a person therefore dies upon that shirk, then yes, certainly that person is in the hellfire. But... When it comes to specific individuals now, we don't point out a kafir and say that he is in the hellfire. Neither do we, uh, neither do we speak in particular regarding an individual being in the hellfire. Because that kafir, today he may be upon kufr, but tomorrow he may accept Islam. So we cannot, Identify this one or that one And say he is in the hellfire And there is a narration regarding this That on one occasion The Prophet ﷺ uh, He was heard إِذَا رَفَعَ رَأْصَهُ مِنَ الْرُّكُوعِ مِنَ الرَّكَعَةِ مِنَ الفجر يقول, That when the Prophet ﷺ Raised up from the ruku' Then he could be heard making du'a in the Fajr, the second Raka'ah, like the Qunut type of Dua, that it was heard the Prophet ﷺ saying, اللهم wa فلانا wa fulanan, wa fulanan. Mm-hmm. Oh Allah, curse such and such and such and such and such and such. Naming particular Kuffar, who was still alive. Oh Allah, curse this one and that one and that one. But then it was revealed, the ayah, salaka min al-amri shay." That you do not have any control over the affair. Maybe those people you don't know, they may become Muslim. And in fact, this narration as it mentions, some of them did actually become Muslim. فَنَزَلَتْ لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٍ So at that time when they were disbelievers, the Prophet was making dua against them. But then the ayah was revealed, لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٍ You do not have any control over the affair. So meaning that is not the way to do it. And maybe they could become Muslim afterwards. So we do not curse the particular individual or, or the specific individual. But we can say overall, overall, the Mushrik, the Mushrikeen, they are from the people of the Hellfire. And we do not doubt in that. And we do not say, well, if a person dies upon Christianity or Judaism, that maybe they could enter paradise too. They believe in Allah. They believe in the revelation that came, the Torah, the Injil. We can't say that now. And it's a mistake from some of the people who believe those things. When the religion of Islam has come, then that is the only revelation allowed now to follow. It abrogates all of the previous narr- the revelations, and that's why Allah said, "Inna dinah and Allah al-Islam." The religion with Allah subhanahu wa taala, then it is al-Islam. وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يقبل منه. Whomsoever seeks a religion other than Islam, then it will not be accepted from him. In one narration it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ said, If Musa ﷺ was alive now, he would have no choice but to follow my revelation, this final religion of Islam, not the revelation he was given when Isa alayhi salam comes back at the end of time, when he descends and returns, he will live by and rule by, not the revelation he was given, but the revelation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. this final revelation. So now this is the only revelation, this is what the people they must follow. Uh, and that's why all of these people these days, the Ikhwanis calling to the unity of religion, and saying, but we are all very similar, that we are all united in reality, then that is not the case. Islam is a religion of monotheism, a religion of tawheed. And that is not something you find in any of the other religions. So Allah said in the Qur'an, "Inna Nadina عِنْدَ al-Islām." That indeed the religion with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-Islam. And similarly, وَمَن يَبْتَغِي That whomsoever seeks a religion other than Islam, then it will not be accepted from him, and that person will be from the losers in the hereafter. Then there was a third point that was made here. A person who legitimizes and validates the methodology of the kuffar, the one who legitimizes and validates the methodology of the kuffar, that is also kuffar. So the person who says, for example, al-Latihum <laughs> Aleha kulluha That what the other religions are upon, it is truth. That was revelation they were given, they are upon the revelation, it is okay. Anybody who says that now, we've just said it is impermissible. If Musa alayhi salam came back, he would have to rule by this religion. When Isa alayhi salam comes back, he will be upon this religion. So you cannot now say they are upon the truth now. Or somebody who says all of these religions are the same. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, we are all brothers. All of these religions came from Allah. That type of speech is now not correct. It is not correct. So anybody who legitimizes and says that all of these types of practices and these religions, we're all brothers in reality, we've all got revelation from Allah. These are all Al-Adiyan, As-Samawiyya, as they say. These are all heavenly religions. That Judaism is a heavenly religion, the Torah was revealed, etc. Christianity is a heavenly religion, the Injil, the Bible was revealed. And Islam is a heavenly religion, the Quran etc. was revealed, we are all heavenly religions, we are all religions with revelation, it's all the same, we're all brothers, that is not the case, the Ikhwanis and the people of misguidance, they say those types of things, rather what is incumbent upon everyone to understand is that the final revelation is the revelation of Islam and that we call the people to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone upon tawheed, not with sons and partners and other types of shirk that they have now brought about. Then we can also say here, كيف تكون هذه الأديان اليهودية والنصرانية والسماوية أو غير السماوية صحيحة اليوم والله حكما أن لا دين عنده إلا دين الإسلام وأن محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم خاتم الأنبياء So how can it be said that those other religions are still valid when we know that Allah سبحانه وتعالى sent down the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Of this final revelation. The final revelation that concludes all of the revelations. So we know this is the seal of all of the prophets. This is the seal of all of the revelation. So it cannot any longer be that the previous revelations can still be accepted. And the previous revelation somebody can still say I'm upon the Torah. I'm upon the Injil. That is no longer valid. That is no longer valid. A person must now be upon the final revelation that has come, and that is the revelation of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There's actually a narration that mentions that exact point Lokana Musa Lama At-Tibai." That the Prophet ﷺ said, If Musa and Isa were alive, they would have no choice but to follow me. To follow the religion of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. فَالرَّسُولُ <coughs> مُحَمَّدُ <laughs> So the messenger Muhammad ﷺ is the seal of the prophets. da iman يَوْمِ yomiddin, And that is forever now. He is the seal of the prophets up until the Day of Judgment. There is no other Prophet that will come. لا نبي There is no other Prophet after me, as he said. وهو الإمام الأعظم الذي لو وجد في أي عصر وجد الواجب He is the, the great Imam, Muhammad ﷺ. And in whatever time he is found, that revelation is followed in all times now. In all places, that is the final revelation. He is the one who, is, uh, who supersedes all of the other Prophets. And that's why on the night of al-Isra'u al-Mi'raj, it was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Wasallam who led the prayer, and all of the other Prophets prayed behind him in Bayt al-Maqdis. And on the Day of Judgment, we know about the narration when all of the other Prophets and Messengers will have to excuse themselves. They cannot make intercession with Allah. And it will only be the Prophet ﷺ who will be able to make that intercession on that day. So, this indicates that it is not permissible to follow any of the other religions now. It is not possible to legitimize or to validate any of the other religions now the final religion has come and that abrogates all what came before it and it is the seal of all of the revelations that must be followed So the Shaykh then says, La Illa Din Al 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 Ma The only authentic religions, the correct religion today is Al Islam. All of the others, they have been changed and distorted the Torah, the Injil, etc., the Bible, none of it remains upon its original form that Allah sent down as revelation anyway. That's all been changed, it's all been altered, it's all been distorted. No original documents or original revelation remains. It's all changed. Whatever remains that is in conformity to the Quran and the Sunnah, then perhaps that is from the origins otherwise it's all been changed and altered and in contradiction to what was revealed uh, ولا مانع من أن تكون هناك مناظرات بين الإسلام والمسيحية أو بين الإسلام واليهودية لكن هذا مرجعه إلى ولاة الأمر من العلماء والأمر إذا رأوا تحقق الرجحية المصلحة والفائدة المنفع. وهم الذين يقررون أن تكون المناورة علنية أو غير علنية مكتوبة أو غير مكتوبة مسجلة أو غير مسجلة مفتوحة أو غير مفتوحة وماذا يكون موضوعها. Here now the issue about debates between religions. We're talking about this third nullifier of Islam, which is a person who does not accept the kufr of the mushrikeen or has doubt in their kufr, or legitimizes their way. We've said now there is no issue there. Islam is the final religion. You cannot accept anything else besides it now. So what about this issue of debates between the religions? You have some of these speakers, they make themselves famous because of debates that they do with other religions. And they have these big public gatherings and big public halls or outside in stadiums and theatres. And they get together a Muslim scholar, maybe they call him, and then they bring some uh, other person from some other religion, a Christian or a Jew or a Hindu or a Sikh or whatever he might be, and then they have this big public debate between the religions. Is that something from the sunnah? Is that how da'wah is given? And is that something we should do? In terms of the practice of the salaf, and like we say, everything is very simple. Qur'an, Sunnah, everybody says they follow Qur'an and Sunnah. But then, how do we interpret and understand things in the Qur'an and the Sunnah? Everybody else does it however they want to do it. We keep it very simple and we say, look at the example of the Sahaba. And you cannot, you cannot argue against that. When we look at the Qur'an and the Sunnah, somebody says, but this hadith means something. Another person says it means something else. Another one says it means something else. We say, very simple, no problem. We're not going to give you any interpretation ourselves. Let's go check what the Sahaba said about this hadith. Let's see what the Sahaba used to do. Then we'll know what their interpretation of the hadith was. If we can find the Sahaba and what they used to do about this narration, how did they used to practice this narration, then we'll know how they interpreted it. And they were the ones who learned it from the Prophet wasallam. So their interpretation is going to be accurate, or is going to be more closer to the truth than what you have interpreted. So the same thing here. We say with these types of issues, did the Mushrikeen exist at the time of the Sahaba? Absolutely. Did the Kuffar, different types of them exist at that time? Absolutely. Christians, absolutely. Jews, absolutely. In those days, Yemen was a land full of the Christians and the Jews. When Mu'adh ibn Jabal was sent by the Prophet ﷺ to go to Yemen to give da'wah, the Prophet ﷺ even said to him in the hadith, when you go to Yemen to give da'wah, إِنَّكَ تَأْتِي قَوْمًا min أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ They are Jews and Christians there. The Prophet ﷺ told him that. When you go there to give da'wah, there are Jews and Christians there. So make sure you give the da'wah in the right way, etc. etc. The hadith goes on and mentions the points. So all of these religions, they were there. The people were there. But do we have any narrations of the Sahaba Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman? sitting down, bringing all of the Sahaba, bringing all of the Christians or all of the Jews, having a big public gathering in the mosque or outside the mosque, and having these big debates like this. Very simple question. Is that something which is found to have ever happened with the Sahaba? The answer, very simple, no. You will never find any narration that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq gathered everybody, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, 5,000 Muslims, 5,000 Jews, 5,000 Muslims, 5,000 Christians, 5,000 Muslims, 5,000 Mushrikeen. Gather them together and say we're going to debate and see who wins the debate about whether Islam is right or this shirk you're doing is right. Never. You will never ever find any narration they used to get together like this and do these things. That is proven. So now we can see that giving da'wah, having these big public debates where Common people come along is not the way of da'wah, and it is not the way that the Sahaba ever used. Sahaba could have done that, and those mushrikeen would they have beaten the Sahaba? Abu Bakr as Siddiq, mushrik would have come along and beaten him in the debate? Never. They could have done that. They could have had thousands of people there, and Muslims come, and kuffar come, and everybody together we're going to debate. Abu Bakr as Siddiq is going to debate the head of the mushrikeen today. Never happened like that. They never gave da'wah like that. One of the issues with doing it like that, one issue is obviously you're doing something, you're trying to give da'wah in a way that the sahaba never did. Never witnessed from the salaf to give da'wah in that way. Generally. Secondly, the other issue is when you gather people like that, common people off the streets. Is it possible, is it possible when you get 10,000 people together, 5,000 Mushrikeen Hindus, whatever they are, 5,000 Muslims, 10,000 people, they big stage, they're going to debate this Muslim and this Kafir. Is it possible some of the Muslims, even from that 5,000, if it is 5 of them, or 10 of them, go away after that debate with doubts in their head, because that other guy was bringing some decent points, and because they are commoners and never studied anything in their lives, don't know anything about Islam. When they're hearing those points about the other guy against Islam, they start thinking, you know, he had a point. How do we answer that? And he had a point about this and he had a point about that. Could common Muslims go away? Some of them confused. Absolutely. You remember that foolish individual, Abdurrahman Hassan, had a debate with the Takfiri. They brought along a Takfiri a guy who says Makkah is a land of kufar and Medina is a land of kufar and everywhere is a land of kufar and they're all kufar etc etc they brought this guy along and this individual who was claiming to be Salafi etc that's what he was claiming he sat down and this other takfiri sat down and they made a big debate put it on YouTube everything thousands of views afterwards some people they said we weren't sure we came to have a look, see who's going to be right, who's going to be wrong. And they were talking about ISIS. Is ISIS okay? Is it not okay? All this debate. Obviously, one of them trying to refute ISIS, the other one trying to defend ISIS. Some people afterwards left and they made comments on the YouTube video. They uploaded it, all this debate. Some common people put comments up saying, I went to this debate not really knowing. I didn't know what was going on about all this takfir and ISIS and everything and khilafah. What's what's the truth? Is is it right? Is it wrong? I didn't know. So I went along to this debate. They're writing these comments on the YouTube. And they said, to be honest, I've come away more inclined to the takfiri guy. That he was bringing some decent points about the khilafah and the narrations about the khilafah. And why can't this be a khilafah? and Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi and everything else, they rule by Islam, don't they? They grow their beards, they tell everybody, mosque everything, it's a khilafa. Some people came out of that debate more confused about ISIS than they went in. So this is one of the issues of this type of da'wah. You go there and you're going to put your points across, but at the same time, you are giving this innovator a blatant platform to share all of his innovations. You think you're going to refute everything he says. And you're going to convince everyone. But how do you know? You're not Shaykh al-Islam. You're not some big scholar. He may bring points you're not able to refute. And that's exactly what happened with that foolish individual, Rahman Hassan. When he tried to do that. The takfiri came with points and points and points. He couldn't refute them. Didn't know how to refute them. So people went away afterwards thinking, you know that takfiri had good points. What he was saying about the Khilafah and ISIS and everything, defending them. He had some good points. There were no refutations against those points. So da'wah is not done in this way. We don't give a platform to an innovator. We're not going to say on a Sunday night, tomorrow we're going to bring a Sufi. He can talk and give you all da'wah as well. And I will talk and I will refute him. How do you know you'll refute everything? Maybe some people will go away, doubts in their head. He was saying some stuff, you know, uh, the other one didn't really give a good refutation against it. Those ideas seem to be okay. So this type of big public debate against the mushrikeen or against the buddhist or against the christian or the jew these big public debates it is not from the way of the sunnah to give dawah like that yes many people may be convinced by the muslim and may become muslim and that's what they tell you so many people accepted islam after the debate but what about some of the muslims who maybe ended up going the other way one or two muslims or a few doubts in their head afterwards they won't tell you that they won't ever tell you about that happening But that's why these big public debates and uh, uh, these big uh, events are not the way of the sunnah. And everybody knows that there are some famous people who do these types of things. There used to be Ahmed Didat Mm -hmm. who has now passed away. Uh, And so his affair is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is now Zakir Naik who does the same type of thing, has the big public debates with the Hindus and Christians and whatever else. This type of thing is not really the basis of da'wah. All of those thousands of Muslims who are there, they won't even know what these ten nullifiers of Islam are. But they're going to go and listen to this debate, and they're going to listen to the Hindu, and they're going to listen to the Sikh, and they're going to listen to the Christian, whoever it is, and they don't even know about their own religion, and what the nullifiers of their own religion are yet. This is the problem. They don't know about the prayer. We were studying before the book about prayer. They don't even know all the sunnah about how to pray properly, And they are watching a debate about Islam against Christianity or Islam against Hinduism. And they don't even know about Islam properly themselves. They don't even know about these 10 nullifiers of Islam. They won't. Those 10,000 people who go to the debate, do a survey from all 10,000 people. What are the 5 or 6 nullifiers of Islam? They say, okay, shirk, magic. They'll mention 2 or 3. Do they know all of these nullifiers of Islam? Various things. Never studied it in their lives. But they go to those events because it is an event. It is entertainment. We will watch the debate between the Muslim scholar and the the Hindu scholar. And they haven't even ever studied their religion themselves. Even the Muslim scholar, all these things that he's saying, they don't even understand half of them. They've never studied them. He's gonna quote ayat and say, this ayah proves this and proves that. They've never studied these things, never sat down and gone through books. So it is not this way. The sunnah does not tell you to have these big public debates and big public discussions and bring the common people in there to listen to these other individuals who you give the platform to, the people of shirk and the people of bid'ah and whoever they might be. That is not the way of the da'wah and you don't find this sunnah ever to be a sunnah. This way to ever be a sunnah. You don't find the salaf doing this in their practice, in having big public debates. So the point of that, the shaykh here says, if that was ever going to happen, That would be down to the ruler to decide how it happens. Not everybody coming along and making these big public debates all the time. So now imagine we come across a person. We come across a person who does not declare the kuffar to be kuffar. He says maybe they will enter paradise too. Maybe this, maybe that. So can we say he's a kafir now then? Why not? not, not So like we said in the introduction at the beginning, remember those points. Every time we do one of these nullifiers, you have to remember, you don't just declare somebody kafir. Even if they've done these nullifiers, it still requires a bit more detail. You have to research into it, and you have to establish the evidence, etc., you can't just declare somebody kafir, you see, okay, he doesn't believe this, that. In the nullifiers, it said it. He's kafir, that means. And you go tell everybody he's kafir. Doesn't work like that. So you have to still look at the situation of an individual specifically. Maybe like we said, he doesn't understand something, he doesn't know something, he misunderstands something. So you have to establish the evidences and remove the doubts uh, before declaring specific individual to be disbelievers. Then we move on to nullify number four. Mani attaqad anna hadia ghair al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam akmal min hadihi, or anna hukma ghairihi ahsan min hukmhi. A person who believes that the guidance of someone other than the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is better and more complete. Than the guidance of the Prophet. Or that the rulings of somebody other than the Prophet are better than his rulings. Like the people who prefer the rulings of the Tawagit over and above the rulings of Islam. So now a person who prefers the, the rulings and the guidance of other than Islam over and above Islam. Then that is Kufar Islam, this Sharia There is nothing above this Sharia Anybody who believes other Things are superior or better than this Sharia Then that is Kufar uh, Because now you believe other people And their revelation or whatever they are claiming Or their guidance, whatever guidance they are claiming Or their rules Whatever rules they have Are better than or even equal to Islam Then that is incorrect uh, even equal. Even if you believe that there is other guidance out there, other rules out there, other ways out there that are equal to what Islam says, that is kufr. Islam is not equaled by anything. Islam is superior than all of that else that is out there. And we've already mentioned before, because Allah said, "Inna الدِّينَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Islam, Indeed the religion with Allah is only Islam. وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا مِنْهِ Whoever seeks a religion other than Islam it will not be accepted from him. Allah said in the Qur'an also, اليوم يأس الذين كفروا Those who disbelieve, they have lost hope now, uh, become despondent regarding your religion. "Fala taqshawhum وخشوني Do not fear them, fear me. On this day I have completed your religion for you. واتممت عليكم نعمتي And completed that blessing. ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا، and I am pleased with Islam as your religion. قال ابن كثير، ابن كثير رحمه الله تعالى، said، هذه أكبر نعم الله عز وجل على هذه الأمة، this is the biggest of the blessings of Allah upon this Ummah. حيث أكمل تعالى لهم دينهم، that Allah completed this religion for us، فلا يحتاجون إلى دين غيره. So we do not need any other religion besides this. وَلَا إِلَىٰ نَبِيِّنِ غَيْرَ نَبِيِّهِمْ Neither do we require any other prophet besides Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَلِهَذَا جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ خَاتِمَ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the seal of the prophets. وَبَعَثَهُ إِلَىٰ الْإِنْسِ وَالْجِنِّ And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent to all of mankind and the jinn Whereas the previous Prophets and Messengers only used to be sent to their particular people. They only used to be sent to their particular people. But now the Prophet was sent to all of mankind. Uh, فَلَا حَلَالَ إِلَّا مَا أَحَلَّهُ وَلَا حَرَامَ إِلَّا مَا حَرَّمَ So nothing is halal except what this religion, the Quran, the Sunnah has made halal. And nothing is haram except what this religion, the Qur'an, the sunnah has made haram. وَلَا دِينَ إِلَّا مَا And there is no other religion besides what Allah has legislated for us. وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ أَخْبَرَ بِهِ فَهُوَ حَقِّ وَصِّدْقِ لَا كَذِبِ فِيهِ وَلَا خُلْفِ Everything the Prophet ﷺ has informed us, everything that Allah has told us, then it is absolute truth and there is no lie in that whatsoever. Allah says in the Quran, وتمت كلمة ربك صدقا وعدلا. The speech of your Lord has completed upon absolute truth and justice. So when Allah said, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم. Today I have completed your religion for you. Abdullah ibn Abbas رضي الله عنهما, said, the meaning of this is al-Islam. That Allah has completed Islam for us So we do not need anything besides that And that's why Ibn Abbas carried on And he said They do not need any addition on top of that ever Allah has completed this religion So it will never be deficient And Allah is pleased with this religion And will never be angered at it. So, the fourth nullifier here is, Whomsoever believes that there is a religion or a guidance, some other guidance out there superior to the guidance of Islam, or even equal to the guidance of Islam. وَمَعْنَ ذَلِكَ أَنَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ رَضِيَ لَنَا الْإِسْلَامِ فإذا راى احد هديًا غير هدي الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم اكمل من هدي الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم او راى حكمًا غير حكم الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم افضل من حكم الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم او ساوى بحكم الرسول صلى الله حكم غيره من الطواغيت فهذا قد كفر وخرج من الْمِلَّةِ so anybody who thinks that there is other guidance out there that is better than the guidance of the prophet or any ruling out there that is better than the rulings of the Prophet Sallam or believes them to be equal to this guidance uh, of the tawagheed, then that person has committed kufar out of the fold of Islam. And that's the meaning of, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْكَافِرُونَ Whomsoever does not rule by what Allah has revealed, and they are the kuffar. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْظَالِمُونَ and whomsoever does not rule by what Allah has revealed, they are the wrongdoers, the mushrikun. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ And whomsoever does not rule by what Allah has revealed, then they are the fasiqun. This issue here now requires some discussion, because as we mentioned, the takfiris, the khawarij, the people who follow that type of mentality... These are the types of ayat that they misunderstand. All of those takfiris out there, they always quote you these ayat. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هم Whomsoever does not rule by what Allah has revealed and they are the disbelievers. We already spoke about this before. Kufr is two types. There is the major kufr and there is the minor kufr. Here in this ayah, it is initially, or one of the meanings of it is referring to the minor kufr. Because a person may rule by other than what Allah has revealed, a ruler may do that, but it could be not because he thinks it is better or superior to the guidance or equal to the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ, but just because of economic pressures, political pressures, whatever it might be, he does it, he's a sinner. But he doesn't believe this other ruling is equal or superior to the religion of Islam. And therefore that person hasn't committed kufr that exits from the fold of Islam. But these uh, the takfiris, when they come along, they say, Look, such and such a ruler is ruling by other than what Allah has revealed. And therefore that person has to be a kafir out of the fold of Islam. That is incorrect. Ruling by other than what Allah has revealed may be a form of minor kufr. Because the person may not necessarily believe that it is equal or better. If he does believe that the rulings are equal or better to what Allah has revealed, then it's the serious issue. But how do you know the ruler believes that? How do you know that's why the ruler has done what he's done? You don't. And you don't know what's in his heart. So you can't judge upon him and declare people to be kuffar just like that. We'll conclude upon that point for today. Uh, We'll still carry on with this point about the rulers and about the guidance and whoever rules by other than what Allah has revealed from next week insha'Allah ta'ala. And that is in the middle of nullifier number 4 from the nullifiers of Islam. Any questions up to that?